I hope everyone's week is off to a great start. Welcome to the Paper Chase podcast. My name is Jack Lavangie alongside my co-host, Stefan Salon. Uh, we're going to get to the main event coming up here, but I want to introduce our guest a little bit more. Uh, Kevin Westerberg is a colleague of mine. Uh, K-Force worked with him up to about two years, and he has uh, been in the industry 30-plus uh, years and seen uh, maybe not a situation close to what we're dealing with now, but but a few recessions in the past and, and how he has dealt with them. He's going to give us some tips and tricks on that. So uh, hang on tight. Here we go. join us. Kevin has been in the industry for 30 years. And the reason why I wanted Kevin on the call to, to get his his side, um, he was a, an accountant, a treasury manager, made the switch over to recruiting. So I'm curious to see how that switch happened. But more importantly, as a 30 plus year veteran, I think a lot of us newer recruiters could learn from him on what the impact that this could be in, in our industry, how what he's seen in the past, how he's overcome it, and any tips and tricks to help us actually succeed right now. Kevin, how you doing? Hi, Stefan. Thanks Hi. for uh, having me. Hi, Kevin. Hello, Jack. How's it going? I'm good, thanks. Are you, how are you surviving quarantine? Oh, like everyone else, it has its good uh, good moments and not so good moments. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll just like jump right into it. Um, you've obviously been in this industry for, for a few years, and um, in your career, looking at this coronavirus and the situation that's done to the economy, how does this downturn relate to other recessions you've seen? Well, well, certainly it's um, we're at a point where the business looks like it's going to slow down, you know, pretty pretty dramatically for a period of time. Uh, the other downturns seem to have hit a little bit of a faster fall off. Uh, something happened, you know, it was the uh, you know real estate banking crisis. Uh, you know, Black Sunday, I was still in the recruiting business. So there were, you know, some real significant, you know, points in time where things just fell off a cliff. So I guess maybe we're close to that, but I think the communication with companies was different. So we didn't know what was happening with the companies as fast back then. Right. So it just, they just wouldn't return our calls. Now I'm able to talk to companies and I understand where they are in, Many of them are just in a pause state. They're like, okay, we got to see what happens here. We got to figure it out. We're trying to hold the fort. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, basically, you knowing, you know, uh, hindsight from what happened before, you're a little bit more prepared to go into this. So, um, no, that's that's what you want. You know, a little more knowledge about something like that. Now, when you were in in this situation in the past, you know, obviously in in the '90s, and and then up through today, what did you do to in the past to get ahead of the competition during a situation like this? Well, you uh, first you kept doing what you had always been doing, and maybe you ratcheted it up a little bit. Now, it is a little difficult because, you know, emotionally you're, you're spent because you're doing all this work and it doesn't return what you would hope it would, but by the time you really you know, after you go through that for several months, you start to see small little successes and you're like, okay, this is working. Mm -hmm. And 
And um, so, so number one, you keep doing what you're doing and you amp it up a little bit. And then you try to be creative, you know. You talk to people a little bit differently. You investigate, uh, you know, more about other things. You, you spend more time in your conversations because, you know, information is, is you know, knowledge and power that just helps you, uh, you know, navigate future situations, you know, knowing what certain companies are doing or how people are reacting, who's, who's having a hard time, who's not. Um, so, you know, you, you just keep doing what you're doing. You have, um, more, more discussions with people about what's going on and you, you keep plowing ahead and you maneuver a little bit differently based on those conversations. So actually I want to, I want to piggyback off of that, Kev's, because um, that's really good insight, and it just so happened that Jack and I were talking about this in the last episode, the importance of being legitimate consultants with the candidates that we're talking to, and as well as the clients, right? And I think you said it on a recent training that you ran for a region, that it's not, every client right now is also a candidate, because they're all looking ahead to what does their situation look like. So the point that I want to that, that hit on is you say it's an opportunity to have longer, better conversations with people right now. And I think that's very key. Um, tell me tell me what you think about this, but I feel like one of the advantages that we have, especially over our competition, is when, especially when we're not laying off people, is that people now have the time to not just chase the next dollar, but rather chase the right relationship and ask the right questions so that they can uncover a lot more on how they can be a resource long-term, right? Because one of the one of the side effects of knowing that your, your buddy just got laid off is you constantly wondering, am I going to get laid off next? So I'm not really having in-depth conversations as much, but rather just going in. So I'm curious, what are you hearing from candidates, whether they're clients or they're actual candidates, and how are you going about you know, getting those long conversations going, and, and what tips would you give to younger recruiters to go about doing the same? Well, um, first off, I would say there's there's always a reason to talk to anybody, um, whether they're a, a candidate, and you can, we can qualify the level of the candidate, but basically a, a good candidate or someone who's marketable is better, um, and your clients, even if there's not much happening, okay, for, as far as hiring goes, because when you talk to those clients, something may be going on for them, and to ask that question is a very natural extension of saying hello, checking in, um, maybe trying to candidate market somebody to them, but just to say, hey, how's it going with you? You know, do you have any uh, general concerns? Um, but when I think back to a lot um, of the other times was, you know, you would talk to a lot more candidates. So pure and simple, you're talking to more candidates, and you get to feel their pain a little bit, and you'll talk to them more often because you have to. Um, to hold their hand, to, to make sure, you know, you're getting leads, you know, all the stuff that's, you know, uh, important to gather along the way. And then um, you end up having a better relationship. And then when they go, go to a place, it's easy to call them and dovetail that, you know, relationship into more of a business relationship for that situation. So it really is you're touching a lot more people, your sphere of influence is larger, and when people start to, to, you know, get placed, to find something, to get settled, you follow those relationships. And, and the more you have, you know, the easier it is to pair out the better ones. We know a lot of the clients that have hired 
um, and they will continue to hire when things get better. Okay, just because things get better, you know, if you're a user, you're going to be a user again. And and you know, we've had so many users now. That's that's good. But we see them over and over again with the clients that are you know we have our, have job orders for or the leads we do get. We know they're users. So when somebody falls to a place, gets to a place that um, we know is a um, opportunity, and you've had that relationship you're in really good shape. So it happens over a long period of time. You know, this is, this is several weeks and months, um, but you get there and then, you know, somebody's in a position to help you out and to, um, you know, maybe throw you some business and, and so on. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? So, so how to help people slow down and focus on let me just worry about this relationship right now just so I can learn long-term how to make it keep going over and over again. Are you are you getting former clients coming to you and saying, hey, I'm not too sure if I can, if, if, I, if I'm going to be able to last this or if I can live this off? Any concerns in that? Yeah, not, not as of yet. I haven't gotten many calls, but I think um, from the client and company standpoint, um, again, we're in the early stages. People are, it's unknown. So, again, if this flattened off and, or leveled off, whatever you want to call it, in a month, um, great. If it takes six months, different story. And we'll hear that more, more along the lines in another, you know, one to two months, I would think. Um, the, the real conversations are talking to candidates um, who have been candidates and people who are in the market and what they're um, – they're finding. And again, what, what we're hearing is there's less opportunities out there for them to engage in. Um, but there are still some, I mean, it's not totally shut off. Um, and it just, it goes up that, uh, range of, you know, more marketable of a candidate, you know, they're still going to get calls. The, you know, B candidates, the people that we've had some success in a very, very active market. Um, we may not have as much success with, um, in the near term. Because, again, they're going to be more flooded out there in the market. Now, I want to go back to one point because I was just thinking about this as we were, we were, I was mentioning this. is One of the successes I had was we have a lot of people we've had relationships with. And I know we've uh, gone back to, I, I would call somebody we talked to a year ago or two years ago, and we wouldn't get the call back because people were happy and the market was really you know, solid for the candidate. Now it's shifted. You go through and engage people we've had this long-term relationship with, whether they've worked with one or two other associates who are no longer here two, three, four years ago, they're going to probably reach back out to you. I think you get more responses um, from people because you'll just find more people in uncertain situations. And these are going to be decent people. And these are people that you can, you know, put into your um, matrix, as we call it, but, you know, your... Uh, group of folks that you're you're going to try to help, and they're going to be you know very more marketable than some, and you're going to have some success. So, I think that's a really important thing for for new associate newer associates to do is not be shy about going back to people with our past we have had past relationships with, and and really try to engage them because you're going to find people are more more interested in talking, or maybe they were just recently laid off. That's another. Thing. Yeah, that's the best reason for them to want to talk, right? Yeah, they, they, they could be working over car gurus now. You know, car gurus didn't have 
that I saw any finance people get hit mm -hmm. um, in the layoffs. So, but those people are probably are feeling it, you know. So, they're if their job is next. Yeah, or that it's just the, the the foundation is just a little softer than it used to be, and it was, and that they should be more proactive. And you know, we used to sell the whole idea, which again we've gotten away from, is to protect yourself. You know, be ready just in case, because. Even in a good market, there were layoffs um, because of like the seasonality of public accounting. We had really good markets, but the seasonality of public accounting would have this Easter parade, and there would be you know ten percent of the people would be thrust on the market. Okay, so that, the, the the idea was approaching them early and saying, "Listen, protect yourself. Let me be your agent ahead of time. So if this does happen, or if you get any feelings of this, you know we'll be you know engaged." Um, that's what you're doing now. That's what we should be doing now with people. It's like, listen, you just don't know. And I think it would be great to be in a position um, to act on something that makes sense and is more secure if that does come about. Well, uh, uh, one word that you said here that I want to highlight again for, for everybody who's listening, because it, it's, it's those little words thrown in that actually make a difference. You said, protect yourself. Let me be your agent. You know, I hope that people recognize out there that that's who you are. You are these individuals' agents, right? So for anybody who pays attention to sports, except, you know, you're, you're their agent. You're the one helping them find a job. You're supposed to know all about them, right? You go help them win that new contract. When you approach it as that maybe your agent versus that maybe your recruiter or headhunter, you get a different response. I don't know if you – you've been doing this for so long, Kev, that it's hard for you now. I don't know if you can recognize that you said that, but that stood out to me. Yeah, I, I would probably, you know, I think it's a really good, um, good point and, and terminology. I use, usually use the consultant kind of um, nomenclature because that's what was ingrained in us early on. Don't be a, a recruiter, be a consultant. You know, you're, you're a uh, you know, recruiting consultant, you're a talent consultant. So, yeah, I like the idea because we are de facto agents. If someone's willing to talk to us, we're constantly bringing them a potential new contract, right? But they can say, no, thanks, I'm not interested. And sometimes they delve into it deeper than others and then say, no, thanks. Or sometimes they, they say, this was, the, you know, this was a great offer and opportunity for me. Well, I think getting back to the consultant piece, I think in this situation currently, I think we have a, a huge advantage to be able to um, be that person for them and be that sounding board because everyone is, is, is really in a position where it is uncertain right now. So to be the subject matter experts uh, on the front lines to a certain extent on, on you know, where uh, the, the economy is going, but also, you know, who's hiring or not, I think we bring a lot of a lot to the table for people and, and can put them at ease. Yep. Yep. And, you know, um, I was just thinking about another thing. If you're attempting to reach out to people it's been so challenging um over the last several years to reach people and, and we've come up with some creative and successful ways but it's not replaced the live discussion the live call that we really you know really prefer um well people now are working at home and they're going to be reachable on their work lines okay as well as their cell phones we know that but you know, calling somebody at their office and getting them, you know, at home, you, you know, you can engage them. Now, of course, some, some people might be, you know, tied up in something, but that's the risk you run. But if you can actually just get someone on the phone 
and I know like uh, Jack Mitchke is really good at this. He can get people talking, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all you start, need to do is you, you, you know, get them talking, get them to listen to you for a few minutes about, you know, uh, you know, you may be just trying to touch base or you may have an opportunity in the back of your mind, but just get them engaged. You'll have some success, believe it or not. And you can reach people a little easier than you did before. And again, depending on how things go, it'll be even easier. Mm-hmm. So um, you got to make those efforts. What um, what industries are we seeing out there right now that are that are hiring? Industries that are thriving in this COVID nineteen world of ours. Yeah, um, I think that the investment companies, you know, that uh, operate in the private equity. Uh, asset management, um, you know, more sophisticated than a fidelity fund company, they're going to continue to hire. Um, but they may not see as much turnover as they had in the past. So, um, but those, those firms don't um, really have an internal engine set up to go out and find people directly. They do it through a few agents like us, and they, will, they don't mind paying the fees so I think that you're going to see some, you know, some strong stability there. Bain Capital is one of my clients, and they're they're continuing to hire. Um, but I just think in that 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 sphere, that'll be um, stronger than others. Um, I still think, um, you know, uh, pharma, life sciences, health are going to be strong. Um, more tech on the technical side um, than just the body to do nuts and bolts accounting. Um, you know, internal audit as well. Um, some of those harder to fill jobs from before, they'll still be out there and all those firms need it. Um, I still think that, you know, we, we were entering this on such a high that yeah. even if it gets come, if it comes down a notch, it's, it's still more towards equilibrium. And, and that's when there's, you know, a lot of, people looking and a fair amount of jobs. I mean, so we can just try to help match them together, you know, quickly. Um, So I still think a lot of companies, once they get through the nerves and just settle in, okay, like, you know, the world didn't implode. Um, You know, again, that's, everyone's got their own view on that, but I'm saying from a job standpoint that, you know, there's not mass exodus in our uh, areas of expertise you know, finance, accounting, and related, that uh, companies will still continue to hire and stay um, stay focused on good people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a, that's a really key point. I think that's a really key point. Um, what For, for our, our last series of, hey, what are you seeing in this industry now? I kind of want to switch over to a little bit more light of a topic. Um, what do you think are the next industry to lay people off? Yes, that is a, that's a good question. Um, and um, I would have to say I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about banking, just in general, because banking has kind of always been tough hit in, in downturns. Um, and I am a little concerned about real estate. Um, you know, when you think of People not shopping, not going to, um, you know, to malls. There's a lot of companies who get paid in real estate from the revenue uh, of, um, um, 
you know, the revenue at stores based on the, their leases. That's how they're paid, large, a large amount of the rent. Uh, that could have, a, you know, an impact. Um, you know, construction could be hit as well, although I have talked to a couple construction companies and, and even an architectural firm, and they've said it's, it's just remained steady. The new, new pipeline's a little bit slow, but everything in pipeline is continuing to keep going. Okay, with a with a few you know few minor setbacks, but nothing material. Um, but it would be those those industries you think would be logically hit. You know, retail. We've got a lot of big retail corporate offices here. If um, you know they have two or three you know really tough quarters, I would be concerned working there. So a lot of the um, I don't know if they're kind of bricks and mortar industries, but. You know, been, their industries have been around a long time. You know, large. You know, the bigger the company, um, maybe the you know there's going to be some impact because they can afford to try to save you know save costs and they'll they'll shed some employees. Um, so those are those are the ones that come to mind. I don't think anyone's insulated. It just depends on how you're set up. Yeah. I agree. I don't think anyone's insulated. I think I think everybody's gonna feel it to some extent. Yeah, I had a conversation with a with a client um, last week, and although one side of their business is doing really really well, because what they focus on is um, uh, preparedness, um, risk assessment, preparedness. So the state of Massachusetts actually hooked up with that particular company to help them track how COVID is is, is attacking everything to help them get ready, to help them do the right security measures and so forth. So they're doing well because of all the new business that is coming their way from a risk assessment and preparedness point of view. However, their three biggest clients, which are all in the leisure space, hospitality and leisure space, so their three biggest clients happen to be um, a hotel chain, and two hotel chains rather, and an airline, they've reached out to them and asked, hey, can we delay payments for the next three or four months? So on one side, they're getting a bunch of new business, which is great. And you would think in, in a normal world, because of the amount of new business that is coming, then these guys would be growing like crazy. But no, they're staying they're staying normal because their three biggest clients have asked them for, for delay in payment over the course of the next quarter or so. So you're right, no one's insulated um, well, real, unless you're, you're Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Now, Kevin, <laughs> switching gears a little bit here, what do you say to the to a recruiter who, who's new in the industry, maybe like six months in and boom, this hits um, to stay positive? Yeah. Um, what do I say? I say, you know, trust the process. I say you're working um, not, not only for a good company, but you're working on a really good team. I mean, you know, we're a team with um, a lot of stars, okay? You know, part of our success, it has been in the past with other downturns, is the people who've worked here. Um, and, you know, you, you work with people who are successful, uh, that success will, um, you know, uh, shave off to you and you support them, you know, they'll have their business level, uh, you support that, it will work. It will work. Now, it may not be, you know, uh, times that you, you know, might, might have hoped for, you know, another six months or a year into the business, but it still will be something. And again, you just have to wait for it to improve 
And one thing that, um, I don't know if it's been said on the other podcast or not, but we've always come out stronger. We've always come out better. And um, I did look at um, some historical stuff back to the 2008 um, downturn. And, um, you know, once, once it was behind us, you know, even my business increased 25%. You know, from from the past averages of the you know prior five to eight years, so that was a benefit to me, you know. And um, uh, again, but back to you, you you really do work with a good group of people. And every office, we've got people who can do this business. And when you've got twenty five or thirty people doing it and know how to do it, you will share in that success as long as again you trust the process. And and for a new person, it's bringing good people. Uh, keep focused on the candidate. Flow, you know, do your NAIs. Um, you know, I did mention this just to um, yesterday, I think, to Jack Michikay, and I said we used to we stressed when you came in to get ten NAIs, ten interviews a week, and you knew how tough it would be, and how and you found out how tough it was. Now, now Jack did pretty well considering, but now there's so many more people on the market that you should be able to get those 10 AIs. And that's what we're, we're talking about. It's like, that's what it used to be. So now you should be able to hit it and the information, the relationships, all the stuff you get out of those 10 NAIs will mushroom like it's, it's not before because you're doing four or six uh, on average, if you, if you were lucky. Mm-hmm. So, so things have changed and there's something to get out of that. And you, you should, again, trust the process of a good NAI do a good NAI, ask all the questions, and there will be, um, you know, there'll be rewards there. Now, Kevin, we're, we're getting near the end here, and you are our first official guest on the Paper Chase podcast. Your fruit basket is in the mail. Stefan is on that. Not sure of the status yet. <laughs> Fantastic. But I um, just want to ask you a couple. These are the toughest, the hard-hitting questions. You're at home. You're working. You get your headphones in. What are you listening to? Not not for podcasts, for music. Yeah, you know, music is key. Um, I happen to share um, the ground, what do you call it, the uh, control room with my 12-year-old son. <laughs> and he, uh, he games a lot with Fortnite, and we're constantly trying to battle over the music. So uh, it is, I'm a classic rock person. Uh, every once in a while, I'll throw on an 80s kind of mix. You know, I'll make it a little upbeat with some... Uh, you know, some uh, cars and yeah. psychedelic furs and stuff like that. Um, but um, the, the key is I'm always listening to something if I can. Because it just keeps me in, in, in the groove and keeps me, uh, keeps, me, keeps me going. What about you, Stefan? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to sound weird, but I, I'm just listening to instrumental. That'll work. <laughs> In order for me to focus at work, I have to have a piano playing in the background. I'm lucky that I have, uh, in, in, in our guest room, I have a I have a keyboard. So whenever I can, I, I go in there and I just escape for a little bit, close my eyes and pray, and it calms me down. So when I'm at work in my office, I have to have some, some instrumental piano playing in the background. That's what gets me going. Awesome. Any other questions, Stefan, for Kevin? Well, yeah. So, so the last couple of days we've been doing this uh, – during our morning meeting, uh, you know, what have you been doing that that's keeping you sane? Um, whether it be, you know, what are you doing for exercise or what you're doing, what are you watching and so forth? Kev, do you, do you ever meditate? Is that something that you believe in? 
Do I meditate? Um, no, but I think I get, I get caught in my thoughts once in a while, and I like to find a quiet place. Um, you know, uh, honestly, <laughs> meditation per se, no. But I, I do I do fall into a little bit of a, a trance once in a while, just trying to think about things and, and, and relax. Now, I, um, I try to read, and I'm on this small kick, it's not a big kick, uh, of reading about our founding fathers from uh, back at the beginning of the country, uh, beginning of the United States. And I'm on my second, you know, 800-page autobiography. Uh, it's Alexander Hamilton. And I, I get totally engrossed in that stuff sometimes. It's really, it's just amazing what went on back then. So I found that thing right now. And that's, that's something I try to escape to as much as possible. Perfect. And then one last question for you, for me. Are you taking advantage of this time to learn any new skills? Um, I think, yeah, sure. How, how to Zoom, how to do video conferencing. <laughs> um, I have um, an instrument in my uh, house that I've been tempted to pick up, but I'm a little scared because I think it'll be a lot of time to invest. Uh, it's a guitar. Yeah. And um, so uh, I, I, if I, I have a feeling I may get there, but um, I'm going to need a little, little uh, push from somebody, maybe one of my kids. Well, we're going to call you on that the next time we have you on, see where you're at with your uh, guitar. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm always refining little things. Like, you know, I'm cooking different things and, um, you know, I'm actually, you know, I clean up the house a lot more than I used to. I mean, <laughs> you always find something. Listen, as Stefan can uh, attest, and, and Jack, you've been in our office a couple of times, I can't sit still. I, yeah. I'm always doing something. It's a little bit of uh, maybe an ADD in the background, but I, I, I move from thing to thing. And once in a while, it's just, just relaxing and you know, hanging out with my kids. It's, we're having you know, meals with everybody, which is really kind of cool because um, they're willing to sit around. Uh, longer because um, they'll get more food. I've got, I've got all boys, and food is king for them. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since there's nothing else. Family dinners uh, are back. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize how little they were being done. My my kids in high school say my my friends never sit down with their parents. I'm like, are you kidding me? Not even for twenty minutes. You know that doesn't that doesn't really surprise me. Because they're not, they're not available, they're not at home. But yeah, to Jack's point, he said them in episode one too, family dinners are back. Whether you like it or not, you know, you don't have a choice, you can't go anywhere. And they're back. Yeah, no, it's just, I think if they're uh, maybe having to be pulled out of something they don't want to be, then, then there's a little angst. But other than that, they're, they're happy to get a good meal. That's when you fight. That's when you fight. <laughs> All right, well, Kev, thank you, for, thank you for joining us on episode three of the Paper Chase podcast. Thank everybody for for listening um you know we'll try to bring again an, an expert whenever we can to, to pick their brain on on what they're seeing what they're hearing and tips and tricks that's going to help us and and help you guys in your careers in accounting and finance recruiting so thanks for having me absolutely and jack you too thanks kevin for kevin westerberg stefan salon i'm jack levangie this is the paper chase have a great week everybody